book of Mark, the sixth chapter, beginning in verse 21 through 28. And when a convenient day was come, that Herod on his birthday, everybody say happy birthday, Herod. I'm sure he'll feel better about that. When a convenient day was come, that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains, and chief estates of Galilee. I did not give an invitation, by the way. And when the daughter of the said Herod, he calls her the said Herodias. That means the princess of the house of the Herods. When the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod. Everybody say it, pleased Herod. And them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. And he sware unto her, Whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom. And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in straightway with haste unto the king and asked, saying, I will that thou give me by and by in a charger the head of John the Baptist. And then the king was exceeding sorry. Everyone say the king was sorry. And the king was exceeding sorry, yet for his own sake and for the sake of what set with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner, commanded his head to be brought, and he went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head in a charger and gave it to the damsel. And the damsel gave it to her mother. I want to preach to you tonight for, for a few moments on this subject. When it's time to pay the dancer. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness and mercy. It has followed me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy all around me, dear God, and I love you for it. Thank you for your word. I ask you to take away from my mind any error, dear God. Vanquish from my heart that which may not be true, dear God. Let me speak nothing but words of life to these hearers today, dear God. The devil has no part in this. He has no part in lottery. I give him no place tonight. I thoroughly rebuke him that the fowls of the air would not steal the seed, but it bring forth a bountiful harvest. I believe you tonight, God, that you do everything well and do something well in our midst. Touch our heart, change our lives, dear God. Give me the soul of a man. Give me the soul of a man tonight, dear God. I praise you and give you glory and honor tonight. In Jesus' magnificent, altogether lovely name, I pray. I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. It had all started out, you know, with a great deal of planning and, and, and to celebrate the king's birthday. It was going to be a joyous occasion, as most birthdays are, a time, I suspect, to reflect and remember back and, uh, and to think of the years that had gone past. And Herod, no doubt, walked down memory lane as you do at your birthdays and thinking about all the years that have brought you to where you are today. Herod's destiny certainly had been settled since the throne was a place that was inherited. He knew someday if he lived, he would get to sit on that throne. It was a time of gift giving and, and fun. And his birthday parties are, I suspect, somewhat lighthearted, you know, of all of his old cronies had gotten together and, uh, However, there was one fly in the ointment, as there generally is in the world. Everything may not be exact, exactly as it seems, even in a joyous occasion. Somewhere there's a little kink, somewhere there's a little something that may not just be right. 
Herod had taken his brother Philip's wife and, and, and ever since then had it seemed that Herod's home life had gone somewhat sour. Uh, I mean, it was okay at first. Things went pretty good at first. But then he met someone who fascinated him, a man called John the Baptist. Now, Herod was not a terribly bad man. He was just a terribly weak man. And weakness somehow is interpreted as badness, but they're not exactly the same. But the results are generally the same from people who are bad and people who are weak. And Herod, his downfall was that he was just a weak man. The Bible said concerning him in Mark 6 and 20 that for Herod feared John. He wasn't afraid of him as trembling, but he respected him and he, he, he honored John. And the Bible said, knowing that he was a just man. And even though he had shook his pointy finger at Herod and said, you ought not have your brother's wife. Herod knew that. He somehow felt that John was telling him the truth. And he felt the conviction that would come from him having done what he had done. And he, he knew that John was a just man. The Bible said, and a holy man. He he realized that John was, even though he was standing in the River Jordan, and he didn't look so holy with his with his beard and his eating this honey and wild locusts and got this leather girdle on, standing out in the middle of Jordan. Any man that can stand in water with a leather girdle on's got to be a pretty tough man to begin with. I mean, you know, that leather shrinks up a little, and you know, you got to be tough to stand in water with leather on. And uh, he stood out there all day with that leather girdle on, you know, screaming from the top of his lungs, spittle all in his beard, you know, and, and, and John, uh, uh, Herod said, man, he's a holy man. He, he don't look like the priesthood coming by holy, you know, with their holy garments on. There he is in his camel's hair garments, his leather girdle, you know, and eating that wild locust and, and, and honey. And But John said, I believe he's a just man and I believe he's a holy man. And the Bible said he observed him. Uh, Herod went out, slipped out behind the bushes and, and peeked around. He watched John and he and listened to what he had to say and he listened to his message of repentance and, and and he realized that John was sincere and John was honest and he really believed that everything that come out of his mouth was justified when he called him and uh, he spake to the Pharisees and everything that he said he, he felt like John was a holy man the Bible said he observed him and when he heard him he did many things when he went back home he did a lot of the stuff that John said you needed to do I mean, Herod was a weak man, but he wasn't an idiot. He, he wasn't stupid. He, he realized that he might not be able to manifest this out in open. But when he heard John say things, he went back to the palace and he did some of those things that John told him he ought to do. Or John wasn't telling him, but John just preaching, you know, that, that he went back and he did some of those. He obeyed John and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. I mean, it wasn't like he was just cutting uh, Herod down, you know, but, but Herod was glad to hear him, you know. He went out and he, he he appreciated what John had to say, and he, he kind of fell in love with the man and his ministry, and he was kind of a groupie, you know, and he would go find where John was, always on the other side of Jordan, and uh, uh, preaching and standing and, 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 and witnessing, and as a voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way. Herod did many of the things and heard him gladly that John uh, said. Herod was so intrigued by John and his ministry of repentance and he feared him and he counted him a just and a holy man and he responded to John's convicting cry and he was glad to hear John and even though John had condemned his marriage as being unlawful, Herod still valued his friendship uh, with John and Herod's wife 
the Bible said the said Herodias had a quarrel against John and she felt different about him. She would have killed him. I mean, that's how bad she hated John. She would have killed him, but she could not. I'd just like to lay down with that woman. She got killing on her mind, you know. And I'm sure in the home when you got the man that loves John and the woman that hates John, you, you don't want to bring the subject up about John probably. That would be a last night's message. You don't want to talk about that. But in the home, there was a great deal of strife over John as to whether he was a holy man or a worthless man. And she hated him because John had, 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 had commanded and spoke that it was unlawful for Herod to have taken her from her former husband. Uh, uh, Philip, Herod's brother, it was unlawful for that to happen. So she hated for the condemnation that John had heaped upon her. She didn't just hate it to the point that she hated what he said. She hated John, hated him, and would have killed him with her bare hands had she not wanted to break a nail by wading out into Jordan to throttle his neck. And so that kind of passion that she had against John, it finally spilled out into the open at Herod's birthday. When the birthday party was at its height and the food and the wine had been flowing for some time and the crowd was happy. You know how men are when they get together. You know how you are, you know, when you get men and get together, you're going to go hunting or fishing or what have you. You know, men don't have to go to protocols and you take, you know, women are there, want your napkin across your lap and they want your elbows off the table and they want you to eat with the right fork and, you know, they don't want you to reach and just gig a biscuit. They want you to reach and get it, ask for it, pass it to me. Don't reach across the table, run your sleeve through the gravy and, and get some. Ask somebody to pass it to you. you get, but when men get together, it's different, you know. We just growl and grunt and make men noises, you know, and we reach across the table, put our elbows on the table. We'll pick up a pork chop and rip it off the bone. You know, we go back to caveman days when men get together. Ain't no protocols. You know, you belch at the table. You just, you don't even wipe your mouth. You take your sleeve and run it across your mouth, you know, and I can see these men. It's my job to paint a little picture for you here. These men sitting at the table and they're about half looped anyway, you know, and they pick up an old drumstick and just rip the meat off of it, you know, and they're, they're picking their teeth and, uh, you know, take the straw and run it down their teeth. Anything they pick up, you know, and they just say, hand me a biscuit, man, just picks one up, chucks it across the room, you know, to the guy. They cause a bunch of men together having a birthday party. By this time, their little pointed hats have slipped over to the side of their head and their little blow things that coil out they busted all of them and the confetti's all been knocked off the table and the and and, and the fruit's all gone and the pheasants all gone and they're sitting around their bellies all swole up like poison pups and they're uh, sitting around picking their teeth and uh, and the crowd's happy and they're losing their inhibitions and it's time for a special dance number from Herod's stepdaughter and when the daughter of Seth Herodias come in and danced, it was no doubt, now I don't know, the Bible doesn't say. Uh, I don't know what kind of a dance you think she danced. Now, she might have danced the hokey pokey. Maybe that's what it's all about, I don't know. But I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. Maybe she jitterbugged a little for him. But I doubt it. You know, maybe she was a ballerina and she jumped up on her toes and did a little pirouette a couple, but, but, 
I doubt it. You know, maybe she did the Charleston or she had on tap shoes, you know, and done a little tap dance for them, but, but I doubt it. I imagine when she'd come up out of that cake or however she made her appearance, that the dance she did was a little on the risque side. It was a little, I mean, you got a bunch of drunken men out here. They ain't want to see no hokey pokey. They ain't want to see no tap dance or no, they don't want to see you do no recital, you know. They're all lit up anyway from the liquor. And so she does her dance probably sometime. And I don't want to paint too good a picture because you're away from your wives and I don't want you to get off in some dreamland. But she'd done some kind of a dance that was perhaps quite lewd and, and attractive to men, you know. Dance of the seven veils and she dancing, throwing them veils off and they're throwing money and, you know, take another, do it, you know, they're, they're, they're all, all liquored up and, and, and now she's dancing for them and, uh, it, it was, it was quite a dance, I'm sure. And when the dance was over, the king said to the damsel, he called her over and said, come over here, sweetheart. This is his stepdaughter. Ask of me what thou wilt and I will give it thee. And he swear unto her, whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I will give it thee into half my kingdom. Now, now you know that Herod's lit up. Now you know he ain't in his right mind. Because any man in his right mind that will hand the checkbook and the credit cards, I don't care if she's your, she's your mother or your wife, you don't do that. You don't just say, here, go have a good time, you know. I got a 16-year-old daughter. Ain't no way I'd give her a credit card and say, baby, go have a good time. Give her the checkbook, say, just, you know, just as long as you leave me enough, pay the house payment, it'll be all right. Just spend it away. No, ain't no way in the world. I know Herod's off his rocker now. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know the things are not right here. His ego is now in charge, and he's here to impress the crowd. His mind has been blinded by the wine and by the lust, and his thoughts are all clouded by the occasion. It's my birthday. You know, let's have a good time. My men are all here. My cronies, my heads of state. Everybody here that is anybody is here. And, and his ego now, somebody mentioned the ego, big as a Buick, is now in charge. It's better judgment is set aside for just a moment of pleasure. His reasoning and his forethought are put on hold. No thought for tomorrow. No thought about the future. It's just on the moment. There's no thought about the repercussions of an offer like that. The Bible said the dance pleased Herod. The word Herod is the Greek word for hero. Herod was not his given name. It was just the name of all the Herods. They were the heroes of their day. They were the men who were admired. They're the central figure, the principal character. They're the devoted idol as one who's looked up to. Achievements and, and, and ability. They were, they were won battles. They were high profile. They were public figures. They were the hero. They enjoyed the hero status of their day. Men would seek uh, to be with them, to sit around with heroes, to get their autographs. And so Herod, the hero, the Bible said it pleased Herod, or it pleased the hero nature about Herod. Because every man has a little hero in him. Most to be saved, the damsel in distress. Little boys are born with little hero images and they tie a towel around their neck and they become Superman, will jump off of places higher than they should have jumped from, thinking they can fly. You know little boys look for ways to kill themselves. Little 
little boy gets up in the way. It's not like a little girl. You got boys. Hey, look for ways to kill themselves, brother. How could I kill myself today? Oh, there's a little hole in the wall down there, a little plastic plate around it. I'll go get a hairpin. I won't put it in one hole. I'm going to pull it apart and put it in both of them. Because it wouldn't kill you if you just stuck it in one side. You got to pull it apart and stick it in both sides. Because that'll kill you. Put it in an outlet. Boys will stuff stuff up their nose. They'll put styrofoam up their nose. They'll, they'll, eat, they'll eat the deodorizer out of the toilet because somebody said that'll kill you if you eat that boy. That's the first thing he wants to eat. Boys look for ways to kill themselves. Little girls want to live and grow up to be mommies and they want to play with dolls and they have futures. Boys climb trees. Maybe that branch would break if I climbed way out on it. You know, and I think I'd be high enough to kill myself, you know. Because every time you come in, mama said, hey, you could have killed yourself. She says, I know it. That's why I did it. I was trying to, I was looking, I've been looking all day for something to jump off of or fall out of or run my hand back in something pet a viper do something it ain't no fun unless you could die from it little girls not that's what makes you different than little girls little girls want to live yeah they want to live they want to live to be mommies they want to have children they play a little play a little house you know because they, they, they're looking forward to being that boy they said listen I don't care if I don't live another day I'm going to go out in a blaze man I'm going to have fun I think that river's a little too wide for me to swim. I'm going to give her a shot, though. I'm going to give her a shot. I wonder if that bull is tame. I bet I can tie his tail in a knot before he can ever turn around. I could get killed doing that. That's what attracts boys to things. They kill themselves doing it. Herod here is a hero. He, 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 he pleased, the Bible said it, this dance pleased the hero status of, of Herod. It pleased him so exceedingly. It excited the emotions of this hero. It lifted him up from his worries and his cares. Uh, it, it, the word pleased, it, it carries the idea of the lifting of an anchor as a ship would be at, 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 on an anchor. And you would raise the anchors and let the sails catch the wind and carry it away. That's what the word please mean. The lifting of the anchor and the getting carried away. You know, when you sit down to a big meal like we had today and you say, man, why did I eat so much? You got carried away. You lifted the anchor and said, I'm going to, I'm not going to eat all that. You know, I'm just going to give me a little piece of meat and a little few kernels of corn, a little bit of potatoes over here and give me three or three green beans, you know. And then you, and you do that the first time. And the second time, and the third time, and the fourth time, and the fifth time, until you're sitting over there and you, and you have to roll you out of the room, you know, you're so big, and you eat all that, eat all that great food and enjoy all that camaraderie and the fellowship. And because it pleased you, you got carried away. Did you ever get anything on your plate when you went to eat it? It wasn't what you thought it was, you know. And you hate to have a big water because you dipped out more than a human should have took to begin with, you know. And because it looks so good, then you tasted of it and it had mustard in it or something. Just, you know, I just can't eat it. You try, but you can't eat it, you know. And because it didn't please you, you didn't get carried away with it. But when things please the hero status of a man, he always gets carried away. Anything pleases your ego and pleases your hero status, you get carried away. You lift the anchor. 
And it carries you away from the routines and the grind of trouble and, and the arguing and the fighting that he was having at home with Herodias. This birthday party was kind of a, a, a reprieve from all of that. It's kind of like a men's conference, you know. And he was getting, well, it wasn't really like a men's conference, but it was a, it was a early uh, uh, men's conference, I guess, uh, where they didn't really know how to do it yet. Like Brother, like Brother Parkey and all this church and all you men. They, 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 they you know, they, they got carried away with what was going on, or Herod did at least, and uh, made all these crazy statements it, it was fun celebrating the birthday of a hero and it pleased Herod because he was the hero but if we learn anything from scripture if we learn anything from this book in this book it never changes but every time we go to it it's different and it's not because the book changes it's because you change Every time you make three steps, every time you live a day, you can come back to the Word of God, and it seems different. It's not, diff- it's not any different than it's ever been. It's always the same, but you're different. So you read it from a perspective that makes it different. It seems different to you. It seems more important. That, that verse of Scripture now is important to your life, and you get value out of it. It's because God has taken you somewhere that makes you different, that gives you an appreciation for the Word of God. It, 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 the, the Word of God never changes. If we learn anything from this holy writ, from this book... We learn that pleasures of sin are seasonal. They don't last. Now, I'm not telling you there's no pleasure in sin. I'm just telling you it's a very short-lived pleasure. I'm just telling you it's a season. It's like from spring to summer or from summer to fall or from fall to winter. It's just a set period of time. It has a beginning and it certainly has an end. Now, what I worry about is when the season is over, you've got to deal with how you live during that season. And so the pleasures of sin are seasonal. They said that concerning Moses. He chose rather to suffer the afflictions of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He understood that the pleasures of sin are seasonal. They come and go. And there's always some kind of a price to be paid. The pleasures of sin, they do not last. Generally speaking... Generally speaking, sin is a pretty short season from what I understand about the word of God. It does not uh, say there is no pleasure. Uh, Just you you, you can escape your troubles for a little while. You can lift the anchor and and sail away on the sea of life. But, but, But know this, know this, your hero status is about to change. Things are going to be different from this hero. Understand it is temporary. It is short-lived, and the pleasures of sin are certainly a titanic adventure. And there is an iceberg in your pathway. And this cruise will come to a violent stop. Temporary and short-lived. Throw off restraints, release the anchor, get carried away, enjoy the cruise. But understand, very, very short Season. Everybody say praise the Lord. Lord. Ask of me what thou wilt. Herod looked at this young girl and thought of a young girl's wishes. What's a young girl going to ask? How deep in my pocket could she go? She's just a young girl. She's probably going to want some of them spinner rims for her chariot wheels. Probably going to want me to put flow masters on her horse, you know, or she's going to want me to jack the thing up a little, you know. 
She's going to want a new bedroom or some new curtains or new beds. Or she's going to want a new iPod or going to want some kind of, I hate, I, I agree, I hate iPods. I do. When I'm in, the, when I'm on a, on, you know, you can't talk to nobody on an airplane anymore. They all got stuff in their ears or headphones on, stuff playing in front of them. And, or, you know, I just want somebody to talk to. I, I, I enjoy talking to people. You know, I'm not out like the big dynamic soul winner. I just like to talk to somebody about the Lord maybe or, you know, whatever's on your mind. I'll sit and talk to people about whatever's on your mind. You ain't talk to nobody because they got them white knobs in their ears, you know, and they're and sitting rocking, bobbing back and forth, you know, or the planes got me, stick them in the armrest and turn it up loud and you can hear it playing through, you know. And about had this guy ready. I was ready to talk because he's shut his shut his uh he had a little cd player or something you know and he's watching some goofy something on there you know and i was sitting right dead beside him you know and i kept looking i was hoping the thing would run out so we talked a little bit but he finally shut the lid on i thought well it's over with you know and he shut the lid on a few minutes i, I get ready to say, i looked over at him get ready to say something to him he's got these things in his ears he's now listening to music on some kind of music deal in his pocket or what have you never did get to say a word to him you know, cause, cause people are so consumed. They're so taken up. They're so listening to everything, you know. And I, I finally, we had a lot of plane trouble. They couldn't get the door shut on the plane. It's the most pathetic display of workmanship I've ever seen in my life. They could not get the door shut on the airplane. Now you've got jet engines back here, pal. If you can't make a door that will close, I'm worried about this plane to begin with. This thing is supposed to fly for 32,000 feet. You can't make a doorknob that'll shut on the plane, you know. You can't get the door to latch on the thing. So, you know, men, these are mechanical men, mechanically inclined. They got this little sissy steward out there, you know, and he's all flimming around, flipping around, you know, like a butterfly out here. And he grabbed the door, you know, and he, wham, he pulled the door shut. You don't have to shut a door like that. If it don't shut, you know, on an airplane, if it don't shut, well, you just pull it too. I don't want to be on it. I don't want to be on it. So men, let's get somebody a little stronger so they can slam it a little harder, you know. So the pilot, the pilot gets out of the cockpit and comes out. He grabs the door and he slams it with such concussion. Those planes are so airtight. It was like going to 30,000 feet in a second. My head's going to foam like a bass drum when he slammed that door. And, and, and insulation fell out of the ceilings. And so they got a bigger guy with bigger arms to slam the door to see, and they just kept getting slammers to come in, you know. And finally, I'm thinking, you know, let's just don't do this. Let's, because I got a feeling if it ever shuts, <laughs> I'm going out that little porthole right there. I, I ain't standing. I got business to take care of. I'll get me a little hand lotion. I'll grease up real good and go out there. <laughs> we go out that hole right there, you know. Yeah, yeah. What could a little girl ask for? She's going to want a trip to some exotic island, you know. She's going to want to have all of her friends. Or she just, you know, maybe 16 would say, you know, 15. I don't know how old she was. The Bible don't say. But she's a pretty good dancer. And, and, uh, and uh, what do you want, baby doll? Tell me what you want. Just name it. Daddy's got deep pockets, you know. If I ain't got it in my pocket, I got a checkbook. Ain't got that. I got plastic, baby. Tell me what you want. Up to half of everything I've got. 
Man, she steps back for a moment. And then, you know, the Bible's kind of like a soap opera. You've got to stay with the, you've got to keep attention because it changes, you know. In, in, in a soap opera, you get a continued story. It dances around. There's things going on like at the hospital. Somebody's locked in the trunk of a car. You know, somebody on a desert island. There's lots of stuff going on. And there's lots of stuff going on in this, in this place. And you've got to stay. The camera's moving all the time. The camera's on this one. The camera's on that one. And the camera runs over here. It's on a dancing girl. It's on a man with his birthday. It's everybody sitting have birthday hair and putting on point to and thank cameras moving all around now all of a sudden he says baby doll he didn't say baby doll what is it you want from me i'll give you anything that you want his eyes looked like Rand mcnally had plotted the globe on his eyes you know it's all bloodshot and everything and uh, what do you want baby doll he's got stuff running out of corn of his mouth and he just picks up a big old turkey leg gnaws a little more what do you want sweetheart tell daddy what you want well, about that time, she takes off running out of the room. Oh, she runs in. No, you got to stay the camera. Stay with her now. Because she don't stay in the room. She departs. And the king is, is just freeze action. You know? The king's, everybody's hanging over the table, you know. They heard Mr. Dingbat say, I'll give you anything that you want up to half my kingdom. They're waiting to hear what comes from her mouth. They got bated breath. Get a picture of them. They're all hanging over the side. They're leaning forward, you know. Leaning forward. Wait to hear what she says. And the camera just freezes. Okay, you know. And she turns around and walks out of the room. She goes to another room. She leaves. The camera follows her. She's a little footsteps. Pity, 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 pity. She's going down the hallways. Around the corner she goes over into a little dark room. And there was somebody in the room that had not been invited to the party. Her name was the said Herodias. She's all dressed in black crepe. Got that jet black hair. Got them eyes. Look like coals of fire. She looks like the witch of Endor. She's got a glow around her. She's sitting there behind a table, a little desk, a little pointed nose. She runs up to her, Mama, 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 you ain't going to guess what happened. Did they like the dance, baby doll? Did they like it? I guess they liked it. You know what Daddy said? Daddy said, I can have anything I want up to half of his kingdom. Did he really say that, honey? what he said. See, it's my job to paint a little picture for you. Am I doing a pretty good job, son? All right, hang in there. You go over here to these young guys. Mama, I don't know what to, What if somebody told you they would give you anything you wanted up to half of their kingdom and they own the known world? What do you ask for? Do you go home and think about it or you spit out the first, I want a Ford F-100? What, what do you say when, do you think about it for a moment or do you just spit some contrite, pathetic answer out? You know, I got to think about this. Better talk it over with mama. You know, mama's experience, she knows stuff like this. What should I ask for, mama? Should I get silver? Should I get gold? What about platinum, mama? Which is worth the most? Which can I make out with the best? Should I take real estate? That'll appreciate in value. What should I ask for, mama? Should I ask for ships, boats? Should I ask for, for horses, for crops, for flocks? For well, I don't know what to ask for, mama. It's too big a decision for me. I don't know what I don't know what to say, mama. I've never had a chance like this in my lifetime. You understand? My entire future rests on what I say right now. Mama, what should I ask for? And mama looks up. Into the eyes of a young lady that surprisingly looks like her just a few years back. Mama, what should I ask for? She says in that gravelly voice, ask for the head of John the Baptist. Mama, a head? <laughs> I was thinking more like the whole man. 
Could I get a whole man, mama? Could I get a whole man? You mean, you want me when it's the opportunity of my life, my future, rest upon this choice, mama. And you want me to go for the head? Ask for the head of John, the, but not any head, daughter. Remember, John's head. Are you sure? I'm sure, baby. She turns around now. She comes back in the room where the men are still in that, still in that posse. She comes walking back in. Hair is still hanging over the counter, waiting for the answer. Baby doll, have you made your mind up? Yep, I have. What is it you want? He runs his hand down, feels that big wad of bills. What you want, baby doll? She said, well, I've talked it over with mama. And she says that we want the head of John the Baptist. My God, what are you talking about, baby? A head? What about silver? What about gold? I got real estate. I'll make you the princess of the Herods. I, I, I can put you up. I can set you up for life. No, Mama has decided we want the head of John. The Bible said, then was the king exceeding sorry. Now his sorrow goes beyond just sorry. He has gone exceedingly sorry. Now listen to this point. Listen to this point. Remember this. Whatever makes the hero happy always makes the king sorry. Whatever pleases the Herod always breaks the heart of a king. And every man is made up of two. A hero and a king. If you please the hero, you'll always make the king sorry. When you please the hero side of you, it always destroys the king side of you. You were designed for dominion, young man. You were designed to occupy a throne and rule and reign. God did not call you to heroism. To be a hero of your generation or of your nation. He calls you to rule and reign. And if you seek to please the Herod, it always breaks the heart of the king. You cannot please both. What excites the hero does not excite the king. Whatever it is that thrills the hero and strokes your hero nature does not please that side of you that God has designed to rule and reign and have dominion over your world. You can be a hero or a king, but you can't be both a hero and a king. You must make your mind up what it is that you want out of this world. He is now, the king is now beyond sad. He is beyond the measure of sorrow. He has surpassed sorrow now. He, he is beyond the measure of regret and pity. Yet for his own sake, for those that sat with him, he would not deny. You see, I believe this whole story speaks to all of us about our very human experience and dilemma of everyday life. I want you to look at the cast of this little drama I have attempted to portray for you. Herod the hero speaks of our flesh 
and our carnal desires. That seeks to celebrate its birthday. You see, your spirit has no birthday. God breathed that into you. It's eternal. It's your flesh that has a birthday. And when you go to celebrate your flesh, you're celebrating its birthday. It's born. It's here, temporal. And to celebrate the birthday and to honor the hero part is to always disappoint the spirit part, the eternal part that has no birthday. I was born in you on a particular day, but it existed long before that. In the eternals, God breathed into you the breath of life and man became a living soul. Seeks to celebrate its birthday with others like itself. The dancing stepdaughter is simply the pleasures of the world parading before our eyes, enticing, deceiving, drawing us away into their web. She is, she, the, the, she is Satan's devices and instruments to get your attention. She dances on billboards. She dances in advertisements. She dances across the screen of your life. Everywhere on every street corner, Herodias' daughter is doing her thing, trying to get you trying to entice you and lure you and and, and create a lust in your life to destroy the king side of your life. She appeals to the hero in order to destroy the king. Satan does not want you to rule and reign in your home. He does not want you to rule and reign in the house of God. He does not want you to rule and reign a thousand years with Christ. He wants to destroy you by inflating your appreciation of yourself, your perception of yourself. The dancing stepdaughter is everywhere. I think Herodias speaks of Satan himself, that subtile one, the deceiver, who waits in the shadows of the room until you become intoxicated with the pleasures of our own hero status. She is really the brains. She's the will. She's the chooser. She's the decider of the cost of the dance. You see, one of the perils of getting taken up with a dancing stepdaughter is that you may think you know, but you don't. You see, you don't get to choose the price you pay for the dance. You don't get to choose. You say, well, I'll pay this and I'll pay that and I'll pay so much for the dance, but it's not up to you. You see, that will be decided off in another room. You may look at the price tag on your dance and think you know how much it's going to cost. But you have no idea because you're not the decider. That'll be decided by somebody who wasn't even invited to your party. That'll be decided by a person who is foreign to you. And every time you enjoy the pleasures of the dance of life, Satan hides back off in another room. And when it comes time for you to pay, he will decide how much you pay for that dance. And it'll be much more than you ever dreamed to pay. You may have deep pockets. You may think you can handle it. You may think, well, if it costs me my wife, we don't, we don't care about each other much anyway. You know, I'm going to go out and eat my secretary. It may cost me a reputation, but I just want to pay it to have a little pleasure, have a little enjoy, a little pleasures for a season. You know, I, I don't care about this. You know, if I, if I do a little dope, if I do a little marijuana, if I smoke a little joint, if I do a little something, if I watch a little pornography, if I get on the internet and go to a site I shouldn't be on, I, it may cost me a little something, but I will. Listen, friend, you have nothing to say about the price but there's every dance has got to be paid for 
If she dances for you, you gotta pay. Don't think you can enjoy the dance free. There are no free dances, just like there are no free lunches. You enjoy the dance, you gotta pay the dancer. And you won't decide. The dancer doesn't even decide. She didn't even decide how much it cost. It was the old said Herodias that decided how much the dancer ought to be paid for pleasing the heroes. She said, I want the head of John. Because, see, the price for the dance, what was John's message? Repent, 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 repent simply means you're walking this way, turn around and walk that way. Change your mind, change your way of living, change your thought process. It means change, 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 turn around, walk another way, walk another way, walk another way. Don't keep going like that. Go in another direction, get away from that. Get, don't, don't continue in that lifestyle. You've got to change. If you haven't changed, you haven't repented. You're still doing the same old things. You still got to do your first works again. You got to repent. Listen to me now. I'm about done. The real problem with the pleasures of the dance of life is that you got to pay for the dance. And the cost of the dance is that John loses his head. That is when you finally pay for the dance. It cuts the head off of repentance. And when John's head rolls, you will never hear from repentance again. Are you hearing me? John will never cry in your ear. Change, 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 change your mind. Don't keep on like this. His voice will be silenced once his head rolls. Because that's the price of the dance. That's how much the dance will cost you, sir. It costs you the voice of repentance in your heart. See, when John's head rolled, Brother Barkey, Herod and Herodias were immediately reconciled. Oh, you're going to get along good with the devil now. Yeah. Herodias, now, what's the problem between Herod and Herodias? There is no problem. Because the cry to change is gone. Now there's no conviction. There's no sense of guilt. There's no sense of wrongdoing. Because John's tongue will never speak a word to Herod again. So him and Herodias have been reconciled to the death of John. He'll never hear condemnation. That's why men can sit in church. And I've sat in church and I've preached too many men's conferences. And you don't scare me one iota's worth. I'm not no more scared of you than I would be a fly on the window. Folks will sit in men's conferences and look at me like I was an idiot. Like if you think I'm going to change, you're crazy. I'm never going to be there. You're not going to touch me. And be it so. And you may think you're a winner. But sir, you're not a winner. You're a loser. Because if you can sit in an apostolic service and you don't feel any conviction, you don't feel any tug at your heart, that tells me you've already paid for the dance. You've already paid for the dance. Herod's head is rolled and there's no conviction. There's no sense of condemnation. Because I have men tell me I don't see anything wrong with it. 
I don't feel any sense of wrong. I don't sense any guilt. I do it and there's no condemnation for me doing it. That is a pathetic display in any man's life that you can do wrong and feel no guilt. Because that's the cost of the dance. So don't look back at me and boast that nothing touches you or nothing moves you or nothing stirs you. Because, sir, you're in the most dangerous place that a man could ever position himself. The said Herodias has already filled out the price tag for your dance. And it cost the head of John. But I guess you and the devil will get along good now. You can walk hand in hand and arm in arm. You can take strolls in the country. And there is no animosity. There is no arguing anymore between Herodias and Herod. The hero and the princess of the heroes. Get along good now. Everything's at peace in our home. Yeah, and John's head is gone. And he will never hear the voice of the man that was just and the man that was holy and the man who preached to him a true way of life. He will never, ever hear the voice again. Because there comes a time in every man's life that if the hero takes pleasure in the stepdaughter's dance, you got to pay the dancer. And you do not decide that. That will be decided in another room outside your party. And the party will soon be over when you realize the cost to the king. I guess you can walk out of church and walk away from this men's conference and consider yourself a hero because you never gave in and you never succumbed and you never yielded yourself to God. But you walk out the door as a foolish hero at best. A foolish hero at best. And it will cost you. It will cost you the voice of John crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Because there's somebody coming along behind me of shoe, shoe latches I'm not worthy to unloose. And if you kill John, the one coming behind you will not trot a road that John has not been the forerunner on. If not, John doesn't got to meet you first before Jesus will ever meet you. I can prove that to you. I can prove it to you. Stand with me. Everybody stand with me. Because I'm done with you. Now there's no sense of guilt. There's no sense of shame. Play for me, brother. Just play anything for me. Some strings or anything. That's good. It's the saddest portion of Scripture. I guess there is. I call it the final payment on the dance. When Herod, that is the hero, saw Jesus, he got to see Jesus. The Bible said he was exceedingly glad. Isn't it amazing how you can go from exceedingly sorrow to exceedingly glad? He'd wanted to see Jesus for a long time. Because somehow Jesus reminded him of John. 
Bible said he finally saw the one he wanted to see. He saw Jesus and he was exceeding glad. For he was desirous to see him of a long season. You know, it had been a long season. The short season of sin had ended. But now he had had a long season of sorrow. If I could just see Jesus. I hear about him. If I could just see him. This breaks my heart. The Bible said because he had heard many things of him. He had heard Jesus say, rise up and walk. Go thy way and sin no more. He had heard stories about him saying, thou art made whole. He had heard that he told somebody one time, neither do I condemn thee. He heard him say to someone, to second and third hand thy sins be forgiven thee you heard that he said to a little woman weep not and, and maybe he'll say something to me like that thy sins be forgiven thee Herod go thy way and sin no more don't cry Herod it's going to be okay boy I've been desirous to see you for a long time Jesus And he hoped to see some miracle done by him. And he questioned him in many words. But he answered him nothing. Because if you won't listen to John, the day, the day that John's head rolls, Jesus has nothing to say to you. He's the only man that he had nothing to say to. Only one. Because when you steal John's voice, you effectively steal the voice of Christ. Christ said, if you will not listen to repentance, I have nothing to say to you. And when he steal the tongue of John, when that head severed from his body, Jesus said, I'll talk to Gentiles, I'll talk to dogs, I'll talk to adulteresses, I'll talk to publicans, I'll talk to Gentiles, I'll talk to anybody that will come to me. If any man would come to me, I would no wise cast him out. But when you pay the dancer, I have nothing more to say. Because when John's tongue goes quiet, mine has nothing to say to you. And he looked back at Herod into those glassy eyes of a hero and said, you may be a hero, but you played the part of a fool. Because when you stop John, you stop me. I'm bidding for your soul tonight. Not all men, so, but I'm bidding for your soul. I'm making a bid for it. The devil says you ought to go to hell. God says you ought to go to heaven. It's a draw right now. You have the deciding vote. you got to decide now. You say, Brother Osmond, what should I do? I've been enjoying the dance, whatever the dance is. I don't know what it is in your life. I've been kind of enjoying the dance. I'm going to tell you something tonight with all sincerity. And I'm done. They're going to sing, brother. I'm going to tell you. You've got to stop the dance before it's over. 
because once it's over you gotta pay stop the dance I don't want to see anymore shut it off I, I don't want to pay I'm not going to pay that kind I gotta stop the dance somebody in here needs to stop the dance before it's over with you gotta pay for it because there ain't nothing you can do if you enjoy the dance is over with you've got to pay stop the dance before it's over with you've got to stop the affair you've got to stop the watching the pornography you've got to get rid of the books you've got to get rid of a loose lifestyle you've got to get rid of your adultery you've got to put out fornication you've got to stop the dance stop the thing before it's over or you got to pay and the cost is too high my friend it's just too high just too high you go sing sing Jesus is lingering around saying what you gonna do with John Herodias is over here Jesus wasn't invited to your party either but he's over here he's saying you need to stop this dance Herod Stop it. I know it makes you feel big. I know you feel bold. I know you feel like you're bigger than you are. But you better stop it. I don't care what, even if it's thought processes, even if it's thinking, even if it's entertaining the thought, you better kill it while it's in the embryonic state. Kill it in the embryo. Kill it while it's still a thought in your brain. Stop the dance of your dreams. Stop the intents of your heart. Stop it while it's an embryo. Or it will become a full-grown devil in your life that will be out of control. It will kill your future. Now, this is going to take a man to do. It's not, it's not for spinelessness. It's going to take a man to say, listen, I'm going to stop the dance. I don't care what stage it's in. As long, as long as Herodias hadn't got the news yet, you can stop the dance. Because once she gets her pen and paper, ain't nothing you can do about it then. I don't know how much you'll have to pay, sir. But I can tell you this, your kids are worth more than that. What's it going to be like? What's it going to be like, sir? I- I'm trying to make you think. What's it going to be like when you don't get invited to your little girl's wedding? You come without an invitation set in the back of the church. Somebody says, who giveth this woman to be married to this man? You'd give anything in the world to say, I do. But she doesn't want you there because you walked out and some tramp was more important than her mother. I wonder if the dance is worth that. Is it worth that? Is it worth somebody else teaching a little boy how to bait a hook? Is the dance worth that? Is the world worth that? No, it's not worth that. I don't care if you get by for a year, it's not worth that. You gotta stop the dance right tonight is the night to stop the dance. If you wanna stop it, you need to step out of your seat and be a man. Say, listen, I was man enough to get myself into this. I'm gonna be man enough to get myself out of it. I'm gonna come down here and say, devil, I'm stopping the dance in my life. Standing somewhere.